Welcome back to Anime Savants, everyone. This week I am Gene Skywin. Oh, damn. I guess this week I am Isagi. Whoa! Okay! This week. Um, so last week we didn't really do any reviews because there was just too much to do um, preview-wise. So we've got two weeks for some things and one week for Gundam because do you know why they got delayed or when when did they announce that delay? I don't know. It was a, it was a week ago. Two ago that they announced oh, that they were going to have a delay. Okay, because I woke up and I was expecting it, and I was like, "Damn, yeah, no Sulevi." No, and I don't, and they didn't give really a reason, but my guess is that if it's not delayed over an actual holiday, because they will push a episode back if um you know it's during one of those critical times like Golden Week or other things, mm-hmm. and the and I I would have expected more to see like a delay for the next week's episode, even though the holiday yeah. is on the the twenty sixth. Um, and they release on Wednesday. No, wait, sorry. They release on Sundays. Yeah. Um, which for Mercury does. Um, but I, my guess is that there were some production delays, which is not unusual. Um, and in fact, you would be more likely to see a delay uh, for the later episodes in the season if there was such an issue than you would the earlier ones. Because as we've talked about before on the production schedule, oftentimes a show will go to you know, live airing with maybe the first six to eight episodes totally done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of them get, go- they they would all have to be finished in some sense or another before the season started. But finish can mean like needing touch-ups or like other things, which can take a while because the staff actually is probably already cycled to other projects, but they, you know, keep the bare minimum around for, you know, that finishing the last few episodes so if there was any kind of hiccup that had happened even you know two three months ago that this would be the point where you would feel it and uh, it's only a week delay so it's not really a big deal and i haven't seen anything reported that they had production problems so it's equally possible that it's just to be mindful around like the holiday period though it's weird because this is the awkward week to push back an episode but hey it is what it is yeah well well, we'll see it eventually. But what happened on the... Oh, so we didn't talk about that episode, though, last week. Um, so we could just knock that one out since that's, like, the only one. Or that's the only one that has one. Um, so Shadik is just evil. And he doesn't know how to I do mean, it. He's, he's not evil. Someone... But he's, yeah, he's on my nerves. Oh, I like the twist with the other witches. Or I'm assuming they're witches from Earth. So, yes. Yeah. So so they call anybody who can interface with a with Gundarm in that way, I guess, a, a witch. Yeah. Is that how we're supposed to interpret that? I, I thought that maybe it only. Getting. I thought it meant only the people who could like make it, but then it kind of doesn't make sense because if they're calling Saleta a witch, then it means that you know like obviously she didn't build Ariel, and neither, but neither yeah. did her her mother can't pilot it, and the other woman who like copied her from um, Pale who was like a you know the a junior colleague it's not like she was able to pilot it either but they were calling her a witch so i'm not totally clear on the nomenclature but i actually don't care like it's not a big deal what yeah. they mean uh, all They'll we know get is we got around new... to like a fine definition eventually but yeah 100 yeah. and it also meant that we got new mobile suits um mm. to 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 be interested in and the idea of like african mercenaries <gasps> Wait, who are cool are those... is 
the two mobile suits that showed up in the opening behind Homeboy? I don't know. I don't. They don't. They added those in like later in the season. Yeah, he wasn't I don't standing in front of those beforehand. I don't know, and I I'm part of me wants to say maybe not because does it make a lot of sense that they because that scene they were testing um that you know those new mobile suits that the, yeah. in the beginning um and it sounds like this is a, a completely sort of off the radar mercenary group so I don't know if there's supposed to be like a connection but we didn't really meet much in the way of like Shadik's company which i'm forgetting which company his family represents until kind of where we're at now in the series um whereas that it seemed my the implication i got is that that was like delit something to do with them because it it, obviously like the attack on um the the station was all like you know delit people yeah yeah yeah, so i don't know i i i i perfectly fine being wrong about that one about that particular detail it's possible yeah, I don't know if he's going to actually die. Would you? Well, let me put it this way: If he dies, then that gives us the correct impetus for things to go into space. Because if the group breaks mm-hmm. up, the school has no reason for existing. Because that school is like yeah. ran by the group, so that means yeah. that all of that just they all go their separate ways. No I think he almost has to die. Yeah, you know? but I kind of also think, feel yeah. like they might be said, like you said earlier, Guel might die. Like they might be setting him up, like sacrificial, like fighting, and then he hops into a Gundam somehow because they didn't detail what they were transporting. So in typical Gundam fashion, Guel might be in that cargo ship with a Gundam prototype and try to pilot it and die. Yeah, maybe that's definitely possible. I, I, my belief is that um, Delit almost has to die in order for most of the uh, other movement in the plot to happen because in a lot of ways yeah. he, he his uh, his role in the story has already been pretty much used up. The only other thing to that you know he might be valuable for is some moment of triumph related to um, you know the the Gundarm company and Miarine individually. Oh. But like if you if you think about it, what what was the primary conflict that got set up? It's that Miarine wants to escape the control of her father and also that his you know, uh the rules that he made that are sort of been like artificially holding everybody back. They're holding back yeah. technology through Gundarm. They're kind of holding back the Delic Corporation because everybody has a different idea about like what they want to do. With the mm-hmm. you know with the opportunities that are out there, good and bad, and then on top of that, like him being alive, like it's really not like with I, I'm trying to imagine a situation where he would live, and then Miarine would still have a reason to want to like leave the school, because if he's if he's dead, then you could credibly like come up with an easy scenario. I, what's the right way of saying this? In order for her to to express. Her very specific desire about changing the world, she her father cannot be in the picture at, at all. Like he, he can't be there. Otherwise, the story has to be me, Rainey versus her dad. So, mm-hmm. like in a way, like he kind of already wrote himself out of the story the moment that Prospera showed up in that like debate over whether like Gundams could be uh, 
well, people should be punished for the Gundam thing. Because once he kind of acquiesced there and then gave the money to start the Gundam Corporation, he, you you could already tell like the, even the way the show was framing He's like him, a dwindling antagonist or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. He kind of had already given Miyarine what she wanted, and then that statement that he made like a few episodes back, where it's like it, you know, you you think that this is that the easy part is like overcoming this wall, but actually it's everything that comes after that, and. I don't want to say that like she's that Mirene's character is going to have fond feelings for her dad, but what a great way to like open up the story possibility if he dies and then she is conflicted about everything because in fact he did give her the money to make this to get everything in motion. Um, and she needs enemies, right? She needs other people that she has a beef with. What is Mirene's actual beef with any of the other primary like corporations and other things? Like almost nothing. nothing. Like what? Yeah, they got nothing. Yeah, but she, but if they killed her dad, and uh, right, if if they killed her dad, you got like Gel involved. Like he probably, I don't think he dies. I think he knows by virtue of being on that ship and surviving, he has a different perspective on the real events because it's going to be what is said to other people, what's covered up, and then like what is revealed. Yeah. So I could, so I could easily see like his character living through that attack, and then now you've it's like the the game of telephone like the things that people know and the things that people don't know set different groups on different trajectories maybe even against each other story-wise um which i yeah, like there's a lot of that makes sense because yeah. yeah the whole time they're just talking about plant quetta plant quetta mm-hmm. or whatever whatever it is and i'm just like okay so this is the this is the climax for the season but do we have two more episodes left yeah oh, i think so yeah there are two more episodes left so it's gonna end on a banger. I, I know that much. So you know they can they can take their time developing. Also, we're seeing the beginning of the schism between Sulek yeah. and Miarine, and Which it kind of hit her called, hard. We called that though. Yeah, it hit her hard. Like she kind of had to come to Jesus moment like all at once. Mm-hmm. So. The, the, there might be a moment where Suleta has the ability to save me, Arena's daddy, and it may be that it, it might not I just think. happen. But we can we can estimate goes, somebody, yeah. two or three people dying. It's like somebody yeah. dying before we get done with this season. They're they're gonna die, but. Where is everyone going to stand at the end of it? And is Shadik going to be able to properly manipulate Miorine into being on his side? Because he I, clearly has not given up. I think he sort of will succeed in that. And I also think that um, we already have... Yeah, I think we've been shown the 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 building blocks of what's going to happen. Especially Miorine going out and getting her own ship. Mm-hmm. I think that the... I think that the... Um, the ultimate move is actually Mirene essentially betraying Suleta by leaving without her, <gasps> which they've which they've threatened on two occasions already in the story, oh. right? Like this has already almost happened. It and almost happened in like, up. yeah, it almost happened in episode uh, two when she was on the spaceship and ran into the captain the first time, and we find out in that conversation that she had sketch she'd actually paid for them to get to be the one to yeah. get her. And and that's what Suleta fucked up when she first got to the school was that uh, Mirene was escaping to get picked up by a ship, and that was the that those were the people. So that mm-hmm. so Mir- so inadvertently Suleta stopped it from happening the first time, and then and, like barely an episode or two later, Mirene herself 
decides not to go. She slips, remember she slips her dad's security, yeah. then runs into the captain, but then says, actually, I'm actually, I'm actually going to stay. And then that's what like gets the whole, you know, confrontation with the board and, you know, uh, Suleta standing up her and standing for up her. her and there blah, you go. Blah, so that, yeah, so yeah. on two occasions already, me, Rene has tried to ditch and it didn't work out. I think the third time is a charm. Because she has it all set up where the she's got the ship, she's got the captain, she's got the resources of the Pale Company. She they even said in like the episode before that the Fair Act is currently not available to the students because yeah. of reasons. So it stands to reason that like the people who go with Mirini on the ship, their Gundarm is gonna be the rebuilt Fair Act, which is great because mm. it's got it's got um, the uh, Alan memory clone body morph guy who died, like, you know, that's going to be connected to that mobile suit. God yeah. only knows what the fuck is inside that AI that was connected <laughs> to his brain. Like, who who knows? Um, it, you know, and then... Is Saletta going to eventually get inside of it again? I mean, uh... she may get inside of it. It could be that uh, the real Alan sides with Miorine's group, and so you've got, like, a perfect antagonist pair because Soleta thinks that she's already won him over from his yeah. like behavior his weird fucking behavior but in fact it's a, it's a totally different person it's like a double um, betrayal in her eyes yes exactly because she doesn't know that that other person is dead so that's going to be a real mind break when the real Alan lets her know that the person that she thinks he is, is was was killed by him or by his company oh. effectively um, I can I think actually so- see I can actually see yeah. Suleta becoming so mind broken and like changing that she uses that Suleta forget to shit like <laughs> in, a, in a in a in a in a crazy way. That's a bad funny. Right before she kills somebody, be like Suleta forget a bitch. I don't know who you are. Yep. Die. I also I also think it's super important that Gel is on the ship that gets hijacked mm-hmm. because he'll be the one who knows what actually went down and, and I don't probably think his dad knows he's there. No, he doesn't. His father doesn't know shit about that. Um, yeah, and the the because Shadik is the one who set the assassination the plot in motion, groups. so he yeah. knows all the details. He doesn't. So and whereas the dad was like, "I've just got you the fuck out of there," you know. And Gel's kind of doing his own thing under the radar because it's not like they're treating him like he's special because he's. A, I don't even think they know. I'm not even sure the people on the ship know. I don't think they know what his background I think he is. said he was supposed to go be like an apprentice or with somebody. Yep, and he like, just di- he just ditched. Yeah. So, so I think it's important mm. that he's on the ship because. If they're setting him up to be Suleta's knight, because they've they've teased that now on two different occasions, then the catalyst for him coming back into the picture is that he he has to know some details. I I'm also guessing that it's probably specifically that should that those are Shadik's people that there's some connection between them. But mm-hmm. he has to know some he has to know some detail such that when Miorine decides to go one way, um, that he's disgusted by that. And therefore winds up on the Suleta side, whatever that is. So just good writing, I think, overall. And I, I expect a lot of that to pay itself off. It was a really good setup episode. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, Spy Family was cute. I cared more about the Becky part than I did. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, we didn't even get to talk about the tennis. Well, the, the, yeah, there's two parts of that. Uh, uh, so the end of the tennis match was great. That yes. Was, that was actually really fucking crazy, to be honest. Like the animation <laughs> during that, I was like, this is so 
we're in a we're in a whole other show yeah like like, this is so much um but that was really enjoyable and i actually was like caught off guard for so i keep forgetting about lloyd's spy specialty stuff because when they were like oh he went to the bathroom i'm thinking what what where is he though how are they gonna steal this and then she puts the bag down and it's really obvious that the bag is really important and then Mm. when homeboy was saying oh we're gonna export you out etc etc I'm thinking, oh, that's Lloyd. That's Lloyd right there. Of course. He was just in plain sight the whole time. Just no one else can figure yep. it out. And then the whole nightfall sequence where you're served the ball. And that was so it, great. Sliced it. I really thought, oh, she just, she won't, she's powerful, but she won't be able to hit it. No. That's just. No. no, 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 no. The that shit got diced. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, every time I hit the ball, Yor is a uh, a monster. Yeah, um, no, she is. She is, and I really enjoy how uh, the monster aspects are. They're a constant with Lloyd, but Lloyd seems to not want to acknowledge that she's a monster because he's so focused. Like you said earlier, she he's so focused on like making sure that she doesn't find out about the spy stuff. He's not paying attention to how strong she is and just the stuff that she's doing. When she kicked him in that bar, I literally thought, oh, his <laughs> jaw is broken. His yes. jaw should be fractured, broken, something. But, you know, it wasn't. Also, she got drunk. I'm thinking, dude, you should know better now to not bring her nor her brother around any alcohol. Because you know nah, how they bro. act. Yeah, but yeah, that's not good. he got cocky. It backfired, et cetera, et cetera. And Nightfall got cocky. And it backfired on her. And I, That was I a great... That. that was more than just a gag. Because you could also look at some of these scenes as like representative of what's going on in their real inner lives. But it's actually happening in real life. So mm-hmm. that whole long extended cut of like when Yor hits the ball and she's like, wait. It's breaking the speed of sound. Wait. It's coming in a perfectly, you know, straight angle. Wait, I have to beat this head on. I can't back down. <laughs> I gotta be the best. And yeah. all that shit. And it went on. It went on for bad long. It, was, it got funnier and funnier and funnier. And then the racket broke, and you know, the coda to that of her going to the mountains to train. Yeah. But I, I was, was dying great. when she ran to the car, though. The car was like swerving around. Like, oh. <laughs> And she's in the mountains training with the racket with a huge rock and the bear and the bobcat <laughs> and shit are just staring at her. Like, like what, what the, the fuck, fuck is wrong with this on? woman? Yeah, like, what, what the fuck is going on? Um, I enjoyed that. And I also really, 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 from this past week's episode, I really enjoyed Becky's development. Um, uh-huh. Didn't think she was going to even get that much beyond, you know, an, an, an you know, what's I'm going to call it? someone, an acquaintance at school, like Anya's friend, they gave her a full-on development and it was integral to the whole story because you have her dad trying to teach her how to be high life in society and then that forming her whole like mental psyche and then she's going overboard, but then you also have the older butler that's been yes. watching over her the whole time and has tried to guide her, but she just hasn't been open to it. And now's the time where she's had some kind of like stimulus to where she's more open to things because she's afraid of losing Anya for right. being the way that she used to be. I thought that was all handled f- flawlessly. It was amazing. And I lo- just the, it's just the, it's the little things where Anya's looking out the window and she goes, oh, they're late. They must be shacking up. 
And he's like, wait, where'd you learn that <laughs> what word? Are you talking? Becky. Yeah, where'd you learn that from? <laughs> Becky. She's like, oh, she learned it in one of her shows. I'm like, yeah, this is all, it's all accurate. It's all, it's all fucking accurate. Like, all And I it. would also, I would guess too, and again, I, I, I deliberately have not read forward, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But my in, in, inclination here is that the Operation Midnight or whatever it is, Nightfall, what, what, what's the name Strix. of it? Uh, what's the... Strix, sorry, Operation Strix, will ultimately hinge on, like, you know, what they told you in the beginning, trying to get into this, like, event for the, you know, the but family of the But it won't be through Desmond. Other. It won't be. It's going to be through Becky. Becky is going to be the key to, like, when it, when it all falls apart at the end, mm-hmm. it's just going to be through Becky. As a, and it'll be Becky's both... going to randomly invite them. Well, shit. right, because they, see, they keep re- not realizing that, like, she's actually kind of up there and Anya is actually su- daughter like yeah yeah and Anya is actually doing a great job befriending her the thing that she was supposed to be doing with the other dude so yeah y- you know what I mean like it's just boiling away somewhere over off the off the main plot you just don't think about it but you don't give any kind of development to characters like that especially recurring characters who are going to be there basically throughout the whole story mm-hmm. without a payoff to it and Clearly, that that would be a sensible payoff. I don't know if that's exactly what happens, but you know, like when you believable move, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So you know, it gags aside. I think it's actually good that characters like her get development, but it's just something I'm not I'm not expecting to have that matter for a very very long time. Yeah, but um, I mean, I could be wrong because remember in this season we got that uh the kid at school. Who had actually paid for that other spy to get to yeah. you know, change the test results, and that played out over like a couple of episodes, and, and I'm sure that that spy is actually going to be a recurring character, even though the kid, Ugh. not so much. He's gonna come back. They 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 put too much into him. There was too yeah. much character there. He's gonna bring his and it's like gags, a lot of like gags to come back to of like him think being on the same mission as Twilight, being terrible at being a spy, but Twilight like fixes everything behind him. Like that's just a good recurring gag to deal with here and there. So I yeah, like he, key point here and there. I don't want to see him too often no, because then no, I'll be no, like, no, okay, no, this no. is getting old. Get this nigga out of here. No, we 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 good with all that, but we can do it here and there. I also do wish that they gave us a follow up on Homeboy waiting on the bridge after Anya did that bullshit the other episode. <laughs> I really wanted some follow up when he showed back up and the fact yes. where Lord where he goes, oh, I'm not a babysitter. All you do is call me for babysitting, and he pull out the money. He just takes that shit. He's just like, all right, <laughs> what you want to do next? What we doing next? Uh, just it's just so uh, I can't I don't want to say fluffy it's so satisfying watching the show yeah it's just so yeah, it's satisfying. a it's a it's a it's like you know a, a, a nice pillow that you can just yeah. like oh this is so nice it never lets you yeah. down like it no, never lets no, you no, down no. it's always comforting just right oh so 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 good um but did anything else really happen yeah nightfall really wasn't part of the second the the episode from this most recent week but i honestly did not really give that much of a fuck about the your lloyd thing and it's going to come back up because there are romantic feelings there it's just that they're only on your side and she quite yeah, it cannot yeah go ahead yeah Sorry. she just quite hasn't realized that they're actual romantic feelings she just doesn't want the situation to go away because she does feel that she cares about them both 
But there are romantic feelings for Lloyd. She just, you know, hasn't gotten there yet. And Lloyd is just manipulating the whole time. Or he thinks yes. he's manipulating. And the moment that he's honest, things solve themselves. So Yeah, and we talked about this before, how while that's a it's a core subplot, you cannot run with it very far mm-hmm. um, at this point in the story. Like, it's got to be something that, for whatever reason, constantly gets, like, deflected, pushed back, is one-sided. Yeah. You know, because the moment you resolve that is the moment that you kind of burn all the remaining tension out of, you know... The house. Like, that has to be the end. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be the end result that, you know... So if they both know they have feelings for that each other, they and it's actually like that. choose each other at the end. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Also, I think the mother so. song is probably going to be important somehow in the future. Probably because yeah, your and the mother are supposedly from different countries, so that were warring. So where did that song come from, and why was she singing it for Lloyd and all that kind of stuff like that? So yeah, what else is there? Oh, Blue Lock. Blue Lock. Yeah, Blue Lock was good. Real good. They they kind of the awakening episode for Nagi, not the mother niggas. For Nagi was pretty. Oh, and Kuan. Kuan did something. He did, and you know what? He did what niggas in player do: hand the face. Yeah. Just just deleted, deleted. Actually, was shocked when I saw just the. <laughs> out of nowhere, and I'm thinking, oh wow, fouling is valid in this situation. You can't do anything I mean, else. You can't do anything else. What else you else. got? What you got? And they were already playing ten versus eleven. So mm-hmm. okay, get get your ass out of there. And they uh, just uh, the whole oh I have my feelings and like I want to see this through. And da, 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 da. When Raichi yeah, decked that nigga, I was like, thank you so much. That was good. That thank was you so good, much. Though. Thank you so much. Because that's what I was waiting on. Someone to deck him. But the show is just, it's just, it's a really good hype beast. It's so good. Nagi awakening and literally figuring out, oh, is this what it's like to have fun playing this? Oh, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. Like, I actually can do it way better than I was doing it, for one. Mm-hmm. And the awakening process for Isagi and just everything, everyone else with Chigiri and da 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 and go to the second thing. Okay, so what exactly happened? Because I'm not exactly sure with, um, what's I'm gonna call it? So there weren't other cells. Basically, he gave all the teams in like, I guess different cells the same letters. So there never was an A, B, C, D team. They were all like um, W, X, Y, and Z. They were just split up and doing different tournaments. Is that what it that's was? what it? That's what. Well, the implication was that there were all these other teams. Yeah. But apparently there weren't. Yeah. And you so, know, like it was, it was to fuck with them. Yeah. Okay. So, but weren't there what what was it like three hundred of them, or what? Or maybe there were supposed to be three hundred, but maybe all three hundred weren't. You know what? And that pro- ego would do that kind of shit where you would invite three hundred and then to turn away some of them, and then have those people be the only ones doing that. But yeah, I'm interested to see what the hell is gonna happen in the next leg, and if they've already set this shit up for him to basically go solo. 
and right. everybody else's arrival now, even more like, wow, wow. But it is an ego-driven like plot kind of thing. So yeah, the animation definitely goes back and forth. It like does this. But I say I don't even give a fuck. Like when you see the the bodies running on the field, the 3D bodies just moving like yep. this. S- save the money. I don't care because when the moments happen, that whole puzzle piece stuff where he's moving and the puzzle pieces are just literally coming off of him or when he's like figuring it out, I thought that was great. I thought that was so cool because in the previous episodes, it was always just in his mind and it was all finely like organized. And with this, it was his body literally tearing itself apart trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on or maybe it gave the sense of like he was losing like the whole thing so like his body or the sense of like if he doesn't do it if things don't happen right now everything's lost so the puzzle pieces are going away and you discovering this ability and all that kind of stuff doesn't matter so i i thought that was cool um i like the moment that they did with the four main people where they got the ball and the four of them did that lunge forward. And what the fuck is the other guy's name from the other scene? Where he's just losing his mind, yelling and screaming, stop them. Just, yeah, hype. Right. Hype. Enjoying enjoyable hype. And not overblown either. Or at least I don't think it is. Yeah, and I do like that it's important. Just like when we talked about the second episode, about how, like, yeah, we kind of knew, like, people were going to get you know, removed or thrown out, but it was important that like you have a like a character like the you know the whatever that dude was who was talking all that shit after he was super nice. It's also important oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's also important that like um, ego is shown to be a liar. Mm. It's very important that that's that's true for a couple of reasons. The straightforward reason is that uh, you can't have a clash of ideals. If ultimately, at the end of the day, everybody in Blue Lock winds up agreeing with Ego, right? Because yeah. because Isagi was the first one to be like, you know, I don't agree with you. I'm gonna do things my way. But by the end of the, you know, this first part, he's sort of getting on board with Ego's, you know, methodology. It's helping him because it's helping him get better. It's helping him find all these skills that he didn't know he had. You know, all of the things that Ego said he wanted to do are working, right? So it'd be very easy then to look at him as a very altruistic sort of person who's just like an eccentric, you know, he's just an eccentric and he's got this you know, vision that no one else agrees with, but he's going to prove it mm-hmm. because because it's clear now at the end that he's a big fat fucking liar. It means that you have to go think about all the other things that he said up until now and question whether or not he was telling the truth. For example, oh, is he really is he really trying to find the greatest striker that Japan could create? Is that is he really trying to true? Make a team inside a blue lock. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? You know, that what a what a what a good question you just raised. <laughs> like so that's important because the, it keeps now that we've sort of eliminated some of the mystery about what's going on in the air quotes rest of the program, i.e. there is no rest of the program. It's it's what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some other intrigue about that ego character because otherwise there really isn't a conflict in this story. 
Because eventually, basically, every character who makes it through the process, i.e. the characters we're going to see, you know, seasons from now, are all going to be the product of a system that come from a guy that... You know, everyone would. Everyone's on the same page. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, egoistic strikers. All these weird fucking things and hoops were jumping through. Yep, totally there. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no central struggle or crisis in the story other than can the boys that you like survive and so win in would, weird soccer games? It would turn away from their fear of losing their careers to going against ego. Right. Okay. Right. And you and you kind of need that. Um, you need the the tension between those two ideas to be ambiguous for as long as you can, because ultimately this is a sports anime and it's a shonen sports anime. So it's just about your central cast getting stronger and overcoming obstacles. But I wonder if you know, and I wonder. I think it's a good idea to leave some ambiguity about whether ego is actually an obstacle or not. Right, and that there needs to be some other conflict besides like, well, are we gonna win the next game because there's not as much um interpersonal uh drama mm-hmm. so much, you know, like i'm not I'm not saying these characters suck or anything, but you, we've seen the formula, right? You start you know there's some match that's gonna come, you've got the people on your team, and you go by one by one kind of identifying the story that each of them has and what thing they've got to get over in order for them to level up to the next, you know, iteration of their abilities. Then the game kind of is crystallized around two or three characters having to have a moment where they figure some shit out and they either win or they don't win. It's not really important whether they win or they don't win right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the formula. So then you, okay, we've introduced all of our characters. They've all come overcome something. It's not like, you know, a high Q situation where there's this, um, you're watching like the growth of a specific kind of friendship and specific kind of relationships through sports. That's kind of not what this is. This is a Kuroko no Basuke, we need to get to the next level of Super Saiyan soccer player type situation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, need, so we need there to be some ambiguity at the top of this thing to make you want to keep going to the next episode. Like, are we going to learn more about what's really going on and what the real intention is? And I do think that like Ego that character has to be seen as someone you can't trust for as long as possible because at some point he's just going to be the coach of a team and then that team is going to be doing very traditional sports shonen things you know what i mean like eventually that's going to happen there's going to be 11 players left and then they're going to go play soccer games like real ass fucking soccer games against like opponents that have nothing to do with blue lock so yeah that's my belief okay okay I'm exp- what do you think is the second course? I have no fucking idea, but since it's all single stuff, it's going to be some... This is the training arc where there's yeah. some fuckery. Which yeah. I honestly so, like, thought I, they were going to... They sped us through the training arc with the conditioning, and then it was a no. There's actually a no, training arc. No. No. Well, we got to figure out, like... Some of the show is very, like, overly stylized, but if you take away, like, you know, oh, the glowing eyes and, like niggas teleporting from one end of the field to the other it's still they're just playing regular regular ass soccer like, it's not it's not it's still not the craziest thing like direct shots like every, i'm not saying like you know anyone can do it but like that's a that's a pretty regular thing to happen with like uh you know your forwards in a soccer game you know you don't have the time to trap the ball and a lot of really you know onside shots are 
just re- you know they're they're directs which are cool they often don't go in but like it's cool mm. it's a skill it's a skill normal soccer players have nothing i still maintain that aside from like shigiri getting his own pass which is like kind of uh, unbelievable like n- almost nothing that's been presented in this series is magic even all the like uh, glowing eyes i mean you take that away nothing weird happened in these games yeah. like oh god a guy like beat a couple of defenders and the then like had a nice you know, and all this stuff. yeah like exactly yeah. right like it's not like kuroko no basket where they're doing like back of the elbow bump passes like no one would ever fucking do that in a real no. basketball game you know <laughs> what i mean at the highest level oh my god <laughs> You would if your coach saw you doing that. Like you're in the NBA, and like some nigga tries like a elbow bump pass. You know, you're it doesn't even out. matter if it if it if it works. You're yeah, you're you will be in the bitch. you'll be in the G League in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, you be out there with Leand uh, Leangelo Ball trying to fight for a spot uh, oh, no. a third string spot. All the Ball brothers aren't playing professionally. No, 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 no. Two of them are, and one of them is not. <laughs> oh shit! Wait, is it the youngest one? <laughs> It's the youngest one, the one who went to Europe forever and came back. It doesn't oh, matter, but the point is, oh, like, Kuroko no. Basque is actual basketball fantasy, you know? And that's fun. That's why it's fun. It's not iShield 21 levels of, like, goofiness because they try to make it really cool. But, like, it, Blue Lock is a, an incredibly grounded show comparatively, even though they be trying so hard to make these niggas look like they're entering the eighth dimension with like some ability and then you find out oh Which he he just happening. got a good he got like a good header or like oh he dribbled really well <laughs> he beat a couple guys like i watched that happen in the world cup like niggas are just beating other people it happens <laughs> so at some point it'll just it'll just be like a regular soccer match and ego will be the coach and ha- maybe half the team that we know will survive you know, because I don't, I don't think that that monk dude is destined for this He's world. He's not destined for anything. Yeah, no. And no, Ego no, no, said no. it himself. You know, all those of you who have gotten by on the coattails of your teammates. Okay. Yeah. And they did that group yeah. cheer right before the solo stuff. Is come on, oh, y'all. Half y'all, half y'all Enemies. are gone. If you didn't, if you didn't get like top billing in this first half of the season, I don't expect to see your ass Yo, anywhere. You're right. If you didn't get a backstory. Yeah, right. If we didn't get your tragic backstory, maybe one or two with a goalie dude, I think, because they haven't introduced anybody yeah. who could just take his place. Yeah, right. And like, you know, all he just had shit was like that. One really big moment. That's yeah, he got a save. Maybe but I think. Raichi. I think that seems about right. Maybe we didn't get a backstory, but you know, he was definitely present in. Right. In the stories. Okay. There will be yeah. there will be a team of 11 that makes it out, okay? And they are going to just play regular soccer games and this whole like egoist whatever. I my suspicion is that it was it's it's a lie in some ways. And then whatever happens, I don't know. The people who read the comics hit me up. Like I don't care. It's not, it's not going to change my interpretation of the show because sport people are like oh let me spoil a sports anime when have you watched a sports anime that did not go exactly like this here i'll tell you the formula i'll tell you the formula right now misfit team comes together a bunch of fucking weirdos 
they the main character is like super motivated but he probably sucks at the game and he has like one thing that he, he does that's like surprising but like everything else he, he he has no fundamentals blah 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 they play their first few games they win one and then they lose a couple so now you are programmed to think that it's possible that the team could lose but all the games they lost were like irrelevant you know to to life and the story then yeah. they keep going up and up and up and up levels and it's like they have to figure out some way to put all the pieces together on their team so they can start to win and then they get used to winning and then they face like the team that's been like it's full of geniuses from the previous generation or some, something like that and then they beat that team and then the story is over there you cannot spoil me okay <laughs> i've already been spoiled i've been around this block for 20 years so i'm just curious about the stuff that's nothing to do with like the sport thing, which is why I think Ego's character is what makes me very interested in the series. Cause it's got something else, some other mystery going on that's worth examining. Like Haikyuu, the thing that keeps me in Haikyuu is because all those boys are very, very, very well written. I don't really oh. care what the result, what the results of those games are. Like if only oh, guess what? Uh, did you know that Karasuno beat Shira Torizawa in the third season after they left? I don't care. I don't care. I'm here for the emotions with the beautiful boys. Okay? <laughs> my my pre my precious children. I worry about their emotions and their development. I don't give a fuck that like he not his eyes became like fucking bird crow eyes. He can like see the spot to hit the ball one time and again. I don't give a fuck about that. You cannot I can't be spoiled, <laughs> you know what I mean? On this thing. You cannot spoil me. Um So that's so I we, I need some mystery or I need some drama. Blue Lock is not gonna be hyper dramatic in that way um, like the interpersonal stuff yeah. so i like that they have got a bigger mystery on top of everything that's kind of fantastical that they can kind of play out over god knows how long because i don't think they're gonna reveal anything about you know ego other than there's some weird shit going on maybe yeah maybe and near the end of the season but the yeah we'll sure see. yeah it's fun what else did you watch this week watch bleach how was um, that? Was this the daddy's so episode? It, it was like, more, more or less. You get the backstory on Ishin. Um, but I will say that, you know, the, the previous episode with like the Asauchis and all that other stuff, you could kind of tell that they dial back a lot of the production yeah. so that they, A, they could, they could, they could uh, fit in the Unahana fight and have that look great. So like the part that had to do with like Ichigo and Renji is like, literally the low budget like some of the scenes didn't even have backgrounds because like when they're standing around on top of the uh before they go into like the the place with all the unfinished zanpaktos it's literally just a blue sky and like ground oh, right and okay. like you know re shot reverse of guys talking to each other and then when they go into the asauchi like uh pit it's just black and then you just see like some character so they were so like that's what it was in the manga, but also that is a great cost saver because you don't have to do a lot in the way of like animation or or proofing or your background stuff, like none of that. It's just real simple. And so they could spend all the rest of the money making the Kenpachi Unohana fight look fantastic, which it did. And they actually added some stuff that was not in the manga to visually better explain what Unohana's Bankai was because if you read the manga it's actually yeah. not really clear like what it's like some people thought it was like acid based because her shikai is the manta ray that mm -hmm. if it swallows you up it heals you but then her if you read the manga her Bankai kind of just looks like her her sword is dripping something dark 
and then the fight itself is happening so fast that there's not like there's no explanation of what her abilities are or how they work or whatever and there's even like shots of both her and uh Kempachi that look like their skin has melted off and it's just skeletons so people thought that like maybe it was a uh, like an acid based bankai whatever in the in the the animated version we very clearly see that she has this thing where she runs her hand along the blade and then she it's her blood that then coats oh. the blade and then it keeps bleeding like the blade keeps bleeding filling an entire arena with blood and surrounding the arena with blood so the whole thing it's like an area of effect which we never saw before oh. in the manga and it was never described that way oh wait what and it's then like, is it like what's some call it in jujitsu kaisen what's it what is it oh you talk about uh uh impure shrine you ta- yeah the domain expansion but yeah. specifically sakuna's domain expansion the yeah, like yeah, yeah. impure shrine of the demon or whatever king of the yeah it looks somewhat like that but there's no feet there's no like uh terrain features it's just like a big lake of it's a big lake of blood that's filled by a sky that rains blood and then unohana can kind of control all of that and also she still has access to her like incredible ability to heal herself um and do damage to the opponent she could like uh shoot when she cuts it also causes waves of and blades of blood to also cut at the same time so she can attack at range and also get close at the same time so it's really a cool it's it number one we get better visualization of what her powers actually are it's animated super good like that there's a budget for that episode um we learn a lot more about her ability and then the scene where she kind of explains what she's been doing with kempachi and then dies is great it's emotional him kind of like waking up from the fight like what holding her after he stabbed her in the throat and he's like i like for the first time like he's like oh shit what was i doing just now i feel like i was like i I, like uh what was what was the expression so kempachi was limiting himself to the power of the people that he was fighting because he was so powerful that if he realized that he was stronger than everybody else he could never enjoy a fight ever again Mm -hmm. and so he subconsciously did this to himself and then and forgot that he was doing it and so that was the whole oh. point of Unohana, of killing him hundreds and hundreds of times. Because every time he was on the brink of death, he would un- he would subconsciously release a little bit more power, you know, to fight against this super strong enemy. But she was like, all right, we don't have time for you to experience the verge of death, of you know, as many times it would take. I'm just going to jumpstart this. I'm killing you and reviving you, killing you and reviving you, killing you and reviving you until you remember. But the sad part was that she had been like him until she met him. And then once she met him, she realized the absolute sorrow of her life that she could not experience that battle because she was, he would always limit himself to be just weaker than her. Mm-hmm. So she, he had to kill her. And so that storyline playing out as she's sort of going further and further and further to push him becomes more tragic. And then when she finally dies and explains, which is something that's just true about life, which is the, the, the old have to make way Move. for the, the young. Yeah. They have to get out of the way. And that she realized that her it wasn't her greatest thing in life to like fight stronger people and be the strongest the greatest thing was to know that she was weak and know that her job was to groom the next generation of the strongest to be better than 
her. I'm like, that's a take out the shonen bullshit and all the other stuff. That's just a good life lesson. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a true, and it's true, you know? Um, so then him only realizing what she had was trying to do and, and her message after she was dead and therefore they couldn't have a conversation about it. It was just him knowing that, man, uh, I will never be able to limit myself ever again. Um, is fucking sick. My only, the only problem, it's not a problem with this episode, it's just a problem with the Thousand Year Blood War arc, is that if you see all the people that uh, Kempachi fights after this fight, they're yeah. like the worst adversaries for the, to culminate that story, because they all have uh, stupidly absurd powers that have nothing to do with like being strong. Like one nigga could just like think anything and it just changes reality into that thing. Like he's like, oh, I just imagine your lungs were made out of red velvet cake and then your lungs are just made out of red velvet cake and you die. Yeah. Right? Like that's not, that's, that's Kempachi's next fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? What you really want to see is like him going up against you, you, uh, like, rematch like that's the yeah, shit that this yeah. is like prepping you up for but it's like nah you don't get that and then after the the that the the reality warping nigga he fights uh gerard the valkyrie whose special ability is he could just miracle himself back into a even stronger form indefinitely so it's like there's no it, these are stu- these are they're great like you know wacky concepts for enemies and i like what how those fights turned out because like uh, I think in the first one, Kempachi gets that the first nigga to kill himself with a meteor or something like that, which is funny um, and a smart heads up way of getting out of that fight after a bunch of bullshit. But it's like that's not why we went through the Unahada power up. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't go through this deeply emotional, you know, For him uh, to play mind uh, games with niggas. Exactly. Like where you where you you know Kubo actually does a great job of like explaining something that actually makes no sense which is how is it possible that Kenpachi could be the strongest uh 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 Shinigami when he's lost to everybody like that doesn't you know what I mean like that doesn't make any sense so then this kind of resolves that problem in the story but then we never get to see him actually like really live up to the crazy bullshit that we got set up for so to me this is the peak of like the badass Zaraki Kempachi character and they did it they did a great job visually they did a fantastic job with this one um so i would just suggest that if you're not even watching the season to just go find the cut of this fight mm-hmm. um and all the, and the monologue not just the action but like the storytelling that goes into it because like if you're a Kempachi person this is your this is your peak it's not going to get any better than this uh and then we always That's we also know up. about but this is it so i was waiting for this one i thought that was good um and then ishin we meet kurosaki's mom and there's kind of like a come to jesus moment um this part i don't know how you fe- felt about it when you were reading the manga but this is the part where they have to explain how ichigo is both a human a shinigami and a quincy, a quincy and a hollow. hollow yeah okay so All this is it. the this is the um the juggling act that has to be resolved with this piece of storytelling so before i go any further did i know you haven't you've have not watched this episode correct Mm-mm. you just remember the manga okay what is your recollection of what the explanation for this was i don't remember most people do, I not, do remember. not remember i just remember 
he got more powerful or some shit and he came out with dual blades. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But yeah. but um this should have been expounded upon way earlier than this. Especially the mom I, they can they've been teasing yes. the mom's death since the beginning. And yes. so when they reveal this, I mean, and you said this before, but I'll just repeat it. It's kind of just like the nigga can only get so much like co-opt power before it's just like Kubo nigga, like this just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like Yes. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Which is I'm I mean, I'm I'm still here. Like I still read it through, but with the, the Quincy part of it coming in so late, like if this were a a part of content if this is actually part of his character from the beginning, let's say like he was a Quincy and a Shinigami from the beginning. So he received some of the same like prejudice that Uryu received simultaneously. And then the hollow stuff got added into it to like make that shit even crazier. I think it would have been more believable. But for it to come near the end like that, I was kind of just like, okay, so yeah, he's he's this too. Surprise. Okay. Right. You made him everything else. A full bringer, a hollow, Shinigami, a human. And something else that we probably don't know that's coming in the hell arc. Right. So this again will sound like a critique. It's just an it's just an explanation of like what the real story is versus like what people remember it to be. Mm-hmm. So the I'm only gonna talk about things that were covered in this episode, but there's a little bit of like bleach lore that you kind of have to touch on in order to explain everything. So In the beginning, when we met Ichigo, all we knew about him is that he was sensitive to um, Reiatsu. And so as a result, like he could see all of the, you know, hidden world, blah, blah, blah. Then we are initially told that uh, the instigating event for his awakening was the death of his mom. When his mom died, all of a sudden, like he started to... It's assumed it was she was killed by a hollow, right? Right. But we don't know that initially. We just know that the yeah. mom died. Yeah. Right? Okay. Then later on, we are informed that, in fact, yes, she was killed by a hollow, the Kingfisher hollow. I think that was the... the I remember that much, that the, it had a name. It was mm-hmm. a named hollow. But it was like, compared to the power level of the niggas that we saw later on, like hollows... It was nothing. I... It was it was nothing, right? Because we hadn't even met like the Arankar yet. Yeah. Which full full disclosure, I thought that that introduction was fucking awesome in the manga and in the anime. When you first find that there are humanoid hollows and they're fucking not only are they cool, dripped out. Some some of them are also hot, you know. So they're hot men. If you're into hot men, like that's there Be for shonen. you, right? All they home. are also like. You know, they have crazy, fun personalities. Under There's drip boots, and swag. There's under... Right, exactly. Like, you, when you see that power level, the the first question you should you should be asking yourself is, how was Kingfisher or Grandfisher or whoever the fuck it was? Like, that nigga fucking sucked compared to them, like, power level-wise. But you know what? Ichigo's mom is a civilian, so, you know, shit fucking happens. Yeah. That's also the catalyst for Ishin his dad in the storyline because we don't find out even until past the um uh uh Aizen you know Karakura town invasion that Ishin actually was a 
substitute Shinigami himself. Yeah. But that he quit because his wife got killed. Or at least that was the implications that he gave it up after that event happened. But he had been doing it, I guess, while Ichigo was a kid. He just didn't know about it. Okay. So that's the gist of like what we know about some of these characters who involved. So in this episode, it's all about um, Ichigo being kicked out of the uh, Zero Squad area mm-hmm. because he can't he like his his Asauchi is not it ain't it ain't the same yeah he can't come and he can't do it in the same way get it back that renji could because renji went through the normal process of just like get having an uh unfinished asauchi then it it's on the zanpakuto he trains in the gote 13 it starts to they start to imprint on each other and then like that's how he developed uh zabimaru and so re reforging it is really more of a question of finding that that spirit that again bond, yeah that relationship yeah. that was broken symbolically by the sword getting broken you know so he could do it the normal way but ichigo didn't get his zanpakuto like that no. at all right in in fact like he was super fuck it was all weird from the beginning because like he somehow already had a bunch of abilities when his zanpakuto came out if it didn't have a a sheath no, it was just it was just the, it was already kind of fucking there. Like a great when he sword, did the thing, basically. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. We did the thing with Yorichi, like the the old man in the upside down world turned out to actually not be the Zanpakuto, nor was the hollow thing that he met in there. No, nope. the sword, like everything's everything's all fucked up. So he gets kicked out. Basically, said like you didn't get your sword this way, so there you the only you couldn't get it back this way. You, the only way you can get it back is if you actually find out about your real past and your real history and who you really are. So he gets dumped. Run he gets transported right in front of his dad's um uh uh shop. What is it? The med- what did he, what does he do? He's just like medicine or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little like emergency hospital. But instead of going inside, he runs to uh Izumi, who I totally forgot this character. So I, I it's like a friend Wait, of her Izumi? of his is it, it, it Ikumi? Is it the woman who like runs another store? The the other place he, where Ichigo works. That's like his. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about this character as well. And I'm like looking at this bitch like, wait, who who are you? Wait, what's going on? But uh, but his dad notices that his son was there and then follows him to the the other shop and he you know kind of appears in the in the back room like in full shinigami outfit like it's time that you know the the truth son uh and then you get the other half of the episode which is all about um uh masaki kurosaki and how basically ikumi that's her name yeah yeah she's uh yeah the another business owner in karakura town whatever but uh so then you get like the flashback to okay now we're gonna find out how did ishin meet ichigo's mom and we're told almost right off the bat that, like, actually, Ishin knew everybody. He was actually a captain or a, an acting captain in the yeah. Gote 13. He was Hitsugaya's, um, you know, captain and also, like, yeah, but they say all the time, that, like, he was only holding that spot for for uh, Hitsugaya to, like, figure out his Bankai and then take over, um, which also means that he was Rangiku's boss. And they have a great moment of, like, sexism where... It... Oh, yeah, his, uh, where her titties, right? Well, they're they're out, but, like, 
that's not even the problem, the issue. So technically, Rangiku is the number two, and Hitsugaya is further down on the oh. pecking order. And then Rangiku is like, well, you keep saying that like uh, you're holding the spot for Hitsugaya. That don't make no sense. I'm the number two. I should be the one who becomes captain after you. And then they both look at her, and Isha's like, if you became captain, it would it would destroy this this company. What? And it's like. I was like, wait, we need some explanation. The implication is that Rangiku's character is not the correct kind of character to be a captain, but like mm-hmm. Ishin's character is not the correct kind of character to be a captain. Um, so I'm not going to go through every other detail, but I want to make a point here that storytelling, y- y'all, if you if you like to write things, you can have one character be the nexus of all the action in a story, but you got to be ready for times like this where you create a knot where everything revolves around one character. So in Rapid Succession, we find out that Masaki lived in uh, uh, Uryu's house and was supposed to be, was being groomed to be the wife, of the arranged wife of his dad. This is before, I think, Uryu was born. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, but his dad was like, I don't think that that's right, and I don't like feel that way about her, and it's not fair to her that she's only been brought into this house because she's one of the few people with you know super Quincy powers who's even still alive, and that like my parents are kind of forcing this to happen, and I don't want that. So right away, it's like there's a little like pre love triangle thing sort of kind of happening that they're they're halfway setting up. Then Ishin goes to Karakura Town. To investigate uh, Shinigami who are dying. They're just getting completely mulched. And nobody knows why. Turns out Aizen is actually involved back then. Because he was doing oh, some I shit. Oh, I forgot about like, that. I oh. know. I forgot about all this shit too. <laughs> that he's trying to do something to create a hollow that can absorb the powers of a Shinigami. And one of his test subjects is running around Karakura Town being watched by... Uh, who's the the blind nigga? What's what? Did I forget his name. Even though yeah. he, so, he had such drip. What was yeah, his name? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know because they killed him. Yeah, but him and Gin are like they have a little uh uh exposition dump where you real you find out that like they're involved in whatever is happening here. Ishin winds up in contact with that hollow. It's a badass fight. It looks good. There's a great scene where um Shinigami. Who are already there like you get introduced to them and you know their fodder you know that they're the death flags are there and the yeah. guy is like talking to his homie on the uh, like at ground level just chatting and then right when they when uh they're talking like his head splits in half at in close range like he just got like mid mid brain decapitated yeah tozen who's fucking sick uh, that's a whole other <sighs> thing so he gets killed. Ishin goes one on one with this uh, this crazy hollow. He's looks like he has a chance to win. Apparently, Gin, Aizen, or Tozen, probably Tozen, given his ability, literally stab him in the back so that he is is nearly killed by this hollow. Masaki shows up. Um, she goes apeshit Quincy mode and like lets the hollow bite her and then blows its head off with a finger gun, which is like. Oh fuck! I forgot about that part. Um, and then sees Ishin like on the ground, all fucked up, and like they suddenly like have a moment together where she reveals he's a she's a Quincy. He she thinks he's gonna be upset. He's like, Nah, cool. You know me. I'm Ishin. I love everybody. And so that a little thing happens there, and then you see every other major like quasi antagonist character watching them from afar. Eisen mm. being like, 
So this thing that he created that was like a hollow with Shinigami energy somehow put its energy into her. It chose her. That's what the oh. bite was. And then and that's how uh, Ichigo has hollow. There you go. Right. And now and now we know that like he was always working on this like Arankar thing for the Hogyoko or whatever it was. And uh, the uh, Uryus are there, the maid and um, uh, uh, what's his face's dad. They see it happen. And he's like pleased because he sees the emotional moment between her and Ishin. And it's like, great. I don't have to marry this girl because I yeah. wasn't really about that anyway. I'm happy that she found somebody else. So all of that had to be explained in about 15 minutes. They did in this that episode. shit in that one episode? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, okay. In 15 minutes, you have to... Now you have to explain why does Ichigo have every power that exists in the universe. And on top of why he has every power, Aizen looks like a fucking moron for all of this. Like, the, if, if you want to tell me a character that, like, got worse because of this irresponsible storytelling that had to get wrapped up here, it's Aizen. Because what we find out here is that he's always known about Ichigo. Yes. He's always been watching his family and knows that he's the nexus of like all these powers because literally this was part of his plan. But the plan suddenly doesn't make any sense at all when you think about what he wound up doing, especially what he wound up doing when Ichigo showed up in the Soul Society. None of this shit makes any sense. Right? <laughs> None of it does. If because anything, he, he was been kidnapped Ichigo or some shit like that. It's exactly. Tozen didn't know or he was playing fucking dumb when like he th- this nigga whole like using the same route that his dad first of all, the idea that no no one in Soul Society realized that the captain the former captain of the tenth squad was always living in Karakura town and had a whole ass kid. Several. Dog, multiple children. Didn't know, wasn't aware his wife was a Quincy, wasn't aware that his kids were all fucking uh, Ryatsu sensitive. regularly patrol Karakura Town. Yeah, they were there the whole time. Nobody knew. For real. Okay, now Aizen looks like a, an, an enormous dummy because what the fuck was he doing fucking around well, with Orihime? Wait, that, maybe that means that Aizen was all controlling them. To not investigate Karakura Town because of Ichigo? Sure. And you Make know what? That... I'm, I would be totally behind that, given the rules of Aizen's... But he Eisen's... didn't put that in there, though. But he, but he did. And uh, let's just say that it was true, right? Let's just say that, like, Aizen cast Distract on everybody. Yeah. And, and made them forget, or he had something to do with it. Okay. So when Ichigo, the kid who... It's sort of basically implying that, like, his birth... In, a, in some way or another was part of Aizen's plan because in this episode they're like maybe we should just fucking kill them right now like Tozen's about to go ham on a clearly at the doorstep of death Ishin and uh, unsuspecting Masaki who he probably power scales at this point in the story yeah. and then Aizen's like nah bro don't do that let's watch what happens because isn't it so crazy that our weird science experiment like soul impregnated this girl who may or may not go on to like fuck this dude and then maybe they have a kid and we could just see what happens and everyone's like yeah okay sure cool and like at that moment everything that comes after it could have been like him pulling strings but then when when ichigo literally shows up in hueco mundo uh, wrecking all of his shit 
there's there should have been no surprises whatsoever he should have known exactly what to do how to deal with them and then when ichigo personally foils his dastardly plan but it's all a shock to him he's a moron he created what did he need ichigo for at that point he created the thing that destroyed him later but he didn't know he forgot about it until it was like it was like too fucking late so he comes off as looking so much worse he already looked pretty bad. He's a big fucking dummy already for getting to where he was at, locked up, doing God only knows nothing in the basement. That they like, they show up in uh, episode four or five. You uh, is like, Are you gonna help me? And I was like, no. And then you was like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. But and then and then as we all know, the end of Thousand Year Blood War, Eisen like yeah. is the reason they win. But then it's yeah. not in the. It's not even. It's not even like described. It just kind of happens off screen, and then it's over, and it's like, oh. <sighs> so he looks like if anyone suffered the most character-wise from this arc, it's, it's gotta be Eisen. It's like one hundred percent Eisen. But then Ichigo being like the ultimate Gary Stew in the process of all of that is also annoying. What other choice did he have? Because the time was ticking. The clock was ticking. He had to put some shit together and get it out because You know, one thing was, I'll say about Kubo. Arc. It was over. He he's he's, you know, the king of style. Like style got him. And he way, kept that up far. to the very end. He did. Right. And he had some and he had some interesting ideas and the power but the power system development outside of like the concept of a bankai, which is cool. It's just rule of cool falls apart because none of these systems ever really work together like hollows and shinigami and like shikai bankai stuff and like quincy's they all kind of operate on the same um fuel which is reyatsu but the Mm -hmm. way in which they're described and the way that that each of these different groups utilizes it is never really fleshed out in a in like a central concrete way because there's a thing you could have that he could have done which is just basically be like yo the reason why Ichigo's super special is because yeah he's like the nexus of all these like different you know traditions around using Ryatsu, but like it's kind of like he, he had no guidance so he's doing like the er version of it you know that's why he can use all these different powers because he's not locked into these dogmatic ways of you know interacting with the spirit world and spirit energy and everything else and yeah, like that's yeah, cool because yeah, that would yeah, yeah. that'd be very representative of like the other theme about youth you know finding new ways that you know that go against tradition and conservative ideas but he's not like that and he's also not tagashi who can sit down and work out a great fantasy you know power system that is full of all of these rules that create wrinkles and offer opportunity for creativity He's not, he ain't at that level. So, like, this tortured, rushed, you know, uh, explanation that he has to go through to explain why Ichigo can do, can literally do every cool idea he ever came up with in the story is a kind of, <laughs> it's like, uh... I feel like I much, would much rather know the story about, like, how did Ishin become a fucking captain in the Gote 13 despite just being a dude? Yeah. Because wasn't he in human? He was just a dude. Yeah. Well. Somehow. We, I think I they have, like, there's know. an hour finale. So. I mean, it's fine. There'll be more. But okay. There'll be more where that comes from. So that was a lot on Bleach. I like Bleach. I love it. It's just like, 
It's just like, I'm just telling you, this is what happened, okay? And as a manga reader, when I read that shit the first time, I was also having the exact same feeling like, did we, ha- did we have to do all of this? Could we have just done, like, one thing? Like, just find out about his dad? No. Could we have just... No. It had to be all the above. So, he had to have at least every we know power. now that they're not, like, changing huge chunks of the story. They're just adding Hell no. Someone. Hell no. So they're I mean, not rewriting this shit. This so. shit was cool. It was still cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. It was it was a good ass fight. Ichigo's mom actually like a fucking badass, which now leaves me with even more questions. Like, bro, if she could like one shot Omega Hollows with like a finger gun, how the fuck did she get killed by falling debris? Like, what the fuck is this? We anyway. might know, might not know. It depends on what Kubo wants. And at this point, I don't even know what he wants. He's having fun drawing pictures, though. Like, he's having fun drawing concept art. I, I don't know if yes. there's going to be any story to go <laughs> along with them, though, ever. Just go so just okay. go run run and do Burn the Witch. I hope that in, like, the intermediate time that they're, like, up his ass about shit, that he has, like, opportunities to just read more stuff. Because, like, I don't... You know what? He doesn't even need to do it all by himself. He can collab Fuck with someone no. else and just be the art. Like, it doesn't have to be just him, but I guess maybe, you know. Maybe yeah, like, uh, like, I don't need, the just for the record, I don't need uh, Bleach or anything that comes out of this universe to, like, be great. I don't, I don't need that. I just need it to be cool. But it's just, a, I'm just pointing out that at moments like this in the story, where, like, t- so many things have to get resolved at once that the result of not paying good attention to what you were doing with other things in the story kind of catches up with you. Now, if you've got four years to spool out these little details here and there, it wouldn't feel the same way. He, yeah. You know, Ichigo would still be a Gary Stu, but it just wouldn't feel like he got everything. Like, it, like overnight, they gave him everything. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that was a lot of bleach. It was a lot of bleach. That it had to, bleach. but it had to be because they put too much in this part of the story, and it, a lot of it is not very good. So um, you have to, yeah. Um, what else was there? I watched the first four episodes of Lookism. What you think? I'm enjoying it. it. It's not quite going in the way I thought it was going to go, um, and it definitely isn't ending this season. Like, oh, it's long. I thought it's super long. Wait, am I oh, wrong? Oh, look at what? Look at it's only like eight episodes. No, no. I mean, I thought the the manhwa is long. Oh, well, I, yeah. I don't know how long the manhwa is. Yeah, but uh, um, I, I'm talking about I hundreds thought, and hundreds of chapters. Oh my god. Okay, because yeah. I thought I going into this, I thought this was going to be more so of like a social kind of show, which like it was like kind of like shining a mirror on society and being like. Look how you treat this person. Look how you treat that person. Blah, blah, blah. Nah, this shit's like about fighting. Like, these niggas are fighting. Like, he's he's getting down with niggas. Um, or niggas want to get down with him. And mm-hmm. it is turning to other things. Um, I'm interested. I'm not disappointed by any means. And also, the opening song by ATs is a fucking banger. Like, holy shit, it's, not, it's so fucking good. And it's not an actual single either. They don't have a full single up for it. I don't know oh, why really? they do that. But... Overall production value, I really like it, and it's kind, it's kind of really, what, what, what was something else that was like really bleak in the beginning? 
there was something else we watched this year that was just like it was bleak as fuck in the beginning. It was like, damn, nigga, like where do we go? Oh, like like Chainsaw Man. It was kind of really fucking bleak and sad. Like that first episode was not. It didn't. It was not happy. It was not a happy ending. It was you got your ass rocked multiple times, multiple times. Now. I do like the system between when one body is in action, the other body is sleeping. So, like, it's definitely, basically, he could be awake, like, 24-7 if he mm. wanted to, basically. So, like, he literally is, he literally has 24 hours in the day to do everything because he doesn't get tired, technically, depending on the body. Or that's what I'm believing that it is. I don't know. They haven't gone much deeper into that or they haven't shown any repercussions for the other body working at nighttime. But... I, I just got to the part where the mom showed up um, and, like, you know, he's not home or some shit like that or the body there, there. But it's interesting. The one thing that I really did enjoy watching, though, was um, Dragon Age Absolution. Um, mm, I've heard very good things. Yeah. Fucking loved it. They're okay, I gotta pacing, watch it. Very swift pacing. This is honestly one of the best... Um, and I don't know what studio animated it, but as far as like American animation or just like animation outside of like Korea, Japan, et cetera, et cetera, which you know what? Someone will probably let me know in the comments. Oh, it was this studio that did it here. Sakuga for days. Just like. Oh, okay. Just like, well, fight. Yeah, just like every episode, just like f fighting, 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 fighting. Niggas' heads coming off, arms coming off, bodies getting dismantled. Like, they did not hold back. It was it was a lot. And then in turn, the 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 core, like the group, the the cast was so well developed. Like we didn't even get backstories for half of them, but the way that their personalities shone through and how they interacted with everyone else was amazing. And then even the little the twists at the end that came through, I was like, this is Dragon Age. This is Dragon Age because I this this is the kind of shit that would happen in a playthrough of Dragon Age with like a character or some shit like that. So I very much so enjoyed it. Um, I think some in some areas it's getting really bad reviews because they're calling it a woke Dragon Age. Um, and what? <laughs> there's a lot of gay in it. There's a lot of gay uh, no, no. I mean, like, did they not see? Dragon Age, there's a lot of gay in that too. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, Arguably, it's people... one of the first. It's one of the first like AAA games to really lean all the way in. Dorian. If you wanted to, like, did everyone forget about Dorian from Inquisition? Like, gay. Yeah. Like, Even from the first gay. Dragon Age, there were plenty of gay relationships you could pursue if yeah. that was what your character was. So I just they're all this. I've seen because that what I did was I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. I wanted wonder what other people think. Oh, this it's so this woke piece of shit and blah 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 blah. So you know what? Um, eat shit. It was really good, and I it definitely is leading into another season. And what I also enjoyed about it was that it wasn't super duper isolated. Like it happened in Tevinter, but there were so many Easter eggs of call outs of people's names and areas mm -hmm. and what's going like the dark roads and things like that. Where I'm just like, oh. This makes me want to play. Like, this makes me want to pick up Inquisition and play it right now, which it was on sale for $9. So I was like, I'm buying that shit on PC. Thank you so much. And now I want to play back through Inquisition. And it's just, mm, 
like the same thing with Edge Runners. It made me want to like hop back into Cyberpunk. But I think this probably would have been a better release if it had happened when they had more. Um, what do I say? More to give us about Dreadwolf. Because now mm. everyone's just waiting, saying, okay, we, that We've was been great. waiting since the last Dragon Age to what the fuck is going on. What is going that? on? Yeah. <laughs> so, and apparently I read something about the reason it's taking so long is because Dreadwolf got canceled. Yes, that's they, true. Because they couldn't turn it into a live service game. That is, that's 100% correct. Yes. Yeah. And then they picked it back up. And so yep. now the development is just delayed. Oh, man. I want to like have that. such a long conversation at some point. If it's the wrong... Maybe we could do it here because there is a relevance to a lot of the um, ways in which anime franchises are able to monetize themselves through video games, good and bad, and the absolute, like, scumfuck bullshit that... Of America. Take, that, like, takes over the Western game industry in waves and how it's like it is tanked so many Anthem had so much potential. Oh my god. Anthem was literally me- it was like the mecha game that I had dreamed of. And they fucking ruined it. No one has like ruined fully and this is true on both sides of, you know, the ocean, but no one has like cracked the real code. The real code is that people don't have unlimited money, okay? I I don't know how this is still confusing to everybody in business in like, you know, 2022, but human beings have a finite amount of cash. So you've got like two options if you want to take their money. You can either compete for things they are already spending money on and say, I have a better thing than that thing that you're spending on, give me money. Or you can take something that they're already spending their money on and create it in a way that makes it more friendly to them to spend more of their money on that thing. Okay? So everything I just said is like the good above board way to approach life economics i guess whatever there's also like the the below board way which is like exploit people's natural predilection to addiction and their loyalty to yeah fear yeah fomo and their their loyalty to brands and other and like status symbol stuff and like hack their brains to extract the cash out of their wallet but i will make this argument if you go that route which is what a lot of everybody does yeah you know the building a casino game that you someone can keep in their pocket and then pretending like it's not actually uh killing their dopamine receptors with flashing lights while you have your hand in their bank account pulling out thousands of dollars like if you do it that way what really happens is the people who are going to be like unhealthily addicted to your thing and give you tons of money will kill themselves trying to do it but there's another side of it which is if you give someone something awesome it is like it's blowing their minds all the things that you are doing to build their the fantasy they didn't even know that they had. Yes. They're not going to just give you their money. They're going to work really hard in their regular, regular-ass life to make enough money to give you more. To give you more. To give you that more. Is, that, is, that is it. That yes. is it. So, example for me, anything Xenoblade 2 or Xenoblade related, if I see it, I want it, and I'm buying it. Right. That's it. That's it. 
Because when you play Xenoblade, it feels like a game a and a series of games. experience. Yes, that was made by people who love Xenoblades. Yes. And and love the people who love Xenoblade. I to have give faith them, in Yes, them. to give them something where they're like, this is now my new favorite thing. Yes. It's, it's not trying to extract the most money out of the people who make it's who not love saying, oh if you would <clears throat> like to use this character right you have to give us a little bit more money even though they are integral yes. to the right. storyline you we need a little bit more money for you to be able to play them because it took right. a little bit more development it's like that's what? the and that's the dirty secret the dirty secret is these these people are going to give you their money anyway if you do something awesome okay it's trying to trick people Pokemon. and hack their and hack their brains so that they're actually doing something that's shitty, but you've, you've tried to program them to ignore all the things that suck and are clearly predatory through addictive means. They would give you more money if you gave them something amazing and <laughs> there was an opportunity to pay for more of it. That's the that's and the Dragon Age the has difference. such a good track record. It's kind of just like, why... Why were you so hell-bent on adding a monetization side to it? Because what were you going to do? Make, like, randomly generated maps where we just rolled through that shit and just slaughtered yeah, things? Th- or some like, multiplayer. Like, the, the, yeah. fact, the fact of the matter is, um, and I, I could say this from more of an inside perspective with respect to game design and development and a little bit of knowledge that I have about, like, the business side, is that um, in 2011, uh, 10 or 11 is about the right time there th- there were things happening in the industry that were poisoning the minds of executives and one of the big ones was that um the mmo craze had kind of as far as like new growth had peaked but if you looked at what blizzard and uh, before this is, i think yeah Ac- the activision was had been merged in but if you mm-hmm. just looked at like blizzard and you looked at like what they were able to generate as far as revenue recurring revenue from world of warcraft they were up there with um rockstar and Yo. i'm trying to remember i think maybe it was it was ubisoft but really it was like rockstar and blizzard were like the two tent poles in the industry where if you read any industry magazine not the review magazines but like blogs and other things for the business side the big question is how do i make a hit that's like world of warcraft okay how does that happen at the same time that was going down games like call of duty um and some other sorts of games had sort of tapped out on the the battle pass concept because before you you would just they would just sell dlc they'd be like Mm -hmm. oh you could go buy like you know extra maps, extra skins for the guns, but that economy was not consistent, right? You they they would always have to have a treadmill of content coming out, and if they missed on any of the content, people just didn't fucking buy it. So the I, so the question was, how do I, if I'm Ubisoft, I got two roads I can go down to make my game a billion dollar game. Okay, I could either make it a open world. Uh, uh, chore simulator so people constantly come back to my game so it's like Grand Theft Auto right which is arguably why Ubisoft is known today as just being like all they do is make the same game it's like it's like Assassin's Creed you go stand on a on a tall tower there's 80,000 things to do on a map you go collect and, them and you go collect things right because that's what made Grand Theft Auto 
initially big money. But even worse, when the new Grand Theft Auto came out and they had that multiplayer component to it, that open world multiplayer, that shit made so much fucking money. To this money. day. To this day, to this they're day, still releasing money for it. It single-handedly bankrolled the entire post-launch development of GTA and made Rockstar, which it was already, I think, the fourth biggest studio by revenue, which only had, like, one fucking game. Yeah. This is compared to, like, your EAs, which, which has the whole NBA NFL license. There was so much fucking money there that people looked at this shit and they're like, I need to be making the next Grand Theft Auto World of Warcraft, some recurring, you know, monetary engine to make me a billion fucking dollars. But they forgot that you people, if you're, if there's a, if there's like 300 million people playing one game, they don't have money to go play three other games. They're just going to pick one, which is why the MMO craze fell apart. It's the yeah. same reason. They yeah. thought that, oh, I can have EverQuest. I can have Final Fantasy. I can have Wild World Star. of Warcraft. No, no, nigga. People are going to pick one game because they're poor. One subscription game. That's all you get. They don't have any other disposable income. How many people play multiple gotchas? Right now, how many? They, they try. They, they try, but like that, pay money into all of them. Nah, it's. Oh, oof. Yeah, you see what dude, I mean? People dude. pick one at um, most two. One on your phone and like Genshin. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where a lot of people are at right now. And I mean, the gotcha stuff is is weird because the space is dominate. The space is dominated are the content creators that dominate it usually initially for specific games. Are people who already have lots of money to not miss. Yes. So they bankroll the game hard, and then either they develop a community and they move on to the next game, or that becomes their game and they just keep throwing money at it, not missing it because they're already well off. But if you're talking about just like other regular gotcha games, it's like you have to do everything and all your time has to be invested for you to get the free shit to keep up. Let alone yeah, and that's and that's the and that's the problem. And I think like so, just for reference, okay. So I don't fully remember. It's somewhere in the order of between two and three hundred million dollars is what it took to to create Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Yeah. So let's just go on like the lower end of that and say it was two hundred million dollars. If you spend two hundred million dollars on a on a game to build it, and your expectation is that it's going to make you a billion dollars because you're trying to hit on the lottery of being the next Grand Theft Auto or being the next um, uh, Genshin Impact, because Genshin Impact makes a ton of money too. You have to pull off the hat trick of being more popular and exciting than the things that are already making all that money. Are different, at least. I mean, it could be a a fucking clone, but you have to be able to compete with with those games somehow. You have to get lucky in that, like, whatever you make is, like, becomes the zeitgeist, like, timing and everything else. Like, you start making that game four years in advance. You don't know if in four years, like, whatever your concept was that was cool then is still going to be cool when it releases. And then on top of that, you got to hope that your total population of people who get into it, they can, uh, they, they, they're going to generate enough money for you that it's going to pay back the losses that you're taking. Because if you're doing, like, live service shit, that costs money. To maintain. To, to, 
Yeah, to maintain. So, like, there's all this shit that you have to... You're basically taking a huge bet. And they did what movie studios do. They just said, you know what? For every ten of these games we make, one or two will hit. And they'll have to bankroll the rest. And then the rest they throw away. But the thing about players is, if you think that, like, your game ain't gonna make it. And it's not, like, it's not like blazing hotter than the sun when you're on that shit. You're, those. you're just gonna go back to the thing you already did. Wow. So you could watch WoW servers. New game will come out. The numbers would drop. Give it like three or four months. People get tired of that shit. It's not hidden. Right back to WoW. To this day. So all that's a way of saying that like anime studios, they kind of have it a little bit better figured out where hopefully the prestige product is the show. Whatever that is. You know, big franchise, right? Like give me a new season of the show. That's probably a money loser for them. Or Mm -hmm. at least it's money neutral. They figure out other ways to monetize. A lot of it's partnerships, but the big one is like mobile games. Some of the mobile games are better than others, like quality-wise. Yeah. Some are better than others ethically. But the point is that they, when they, when UFO Table makes a fucking mint on whatever version of Fate that they're selling to you on your phone, there's a bunch of them. It's not it's just gonna be order. good. Yeah, it's not only is that shit gonna be good for the people who like it. If you're a Fate fan, it's a actually a reasonable experience to uh, play and or pay into. But then the money that gets generated goes right back out the door to things that increase the hype. New t- new TV, new OVA movies, yeah. new new shit that's made for people who like that thing. Like I never, I don't like you know i'm not a huge fate fan and so grand order kind of flies over my head but i took one look at like the last like three seasons and a couple of movies for grand order and i'm like bro this was made for people who love this shit yeah it and wasn't it like you know constantly constantly funny funnel money back into it because it wasn't the bootleg off model animation in like <laughs> dragon ball super with like go- with goku's face is like falling off it's like literally yeah. sliding off of the the model because like you know, they're cheap as fuck. No, those UFO table motherfuckers are like, listen, we know what butters our bread. And it's it's hot shit. We're going to animate the fuck out of anything that we do. And the people who love us, all the weird bullshit that's that's like the Fate series, they're going to love this shit even more. And the people and who hate it, it ain't for them. Non-stop. Yeah. Non-stop. And they, they found their market. They found their niche. And it's growing bigger and bigger every day. So... Right. And they so don't do unethical don't shit. That's all I'm do, saying. They don't even do live service for the majority of their things. No, no. So, so that's all. That's all I'm getting at is that like this Dragon Age thing is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just they're just obsessed with it. They want and just like you said, they want something that other people have that they want for themselves. I mean, it's yeah, whatever. What is it? The board getting niggas their money, right? Investment, right, right, blah, right. blah blah blah. And it's not about the actual game and. There's a game that I've been playing like lately where it's just like it's just made by one guy and then the music is made by something else. It is the one of the best gaming experiences I've had in my life. And I have already decided whatever this nigga makes, I'm buying it from mm-hmm. now on. Because of how good this one game is. Like it's so good. And it's not asking me for a single fucking thing except for my time. <laughs> That's it. That's good. That's no, it. That is good. It's not saying, oh, buy the battle pass and you get access to the new character immediately. Otherwise, you have to grind 50 levels. Okay, Overwatch. Sure. I guess. If I have time. But then when your game 
disappears out of the limelight within the next two years, you're going to be like, wait, where did everybody go? Why did everybody go? <sighs> because, like, what were you really offering? What were yes. you offering? Right, right. Like, were you and... trying to build a universe, a lore, and all this kind of shit like that? They were, but they decided to do it too late. So a lot of the people who cared about it when Overwatch 1 came out don't care about it no more. And all the new people are like, well, what's going on? And you're telling us it's free, but we have to pay for the story stuff. So why didn't you just give us a a fee up top? Like, it's... I don't know what... They don't know what they're doing. All they're doing is they're just following each other. Overwatch, World of Warcraft... I hear there's a battle pass coming in World of Warcraft now. There's a battle pass coming in Diablo 4. It's just like... And Diablo... Why is Diablo costing $70? Well... We go in deeper into the economics oh, of things. No, I will no, tell no, no. you don't people don't want to know about this, but I, it, the and this won't make anybody happy. But games, at least box games from like traditional retail, mm-hmm. have been ridiculously underpriced for probably twenty years, mm. and nobody wants to hear. And nobody in the industry really wants to hear that either. That how far games have been underpriced because if you want to know why there's been such poor treatment of so many parts of the you know the people in the industry from programmers to testers to you know all these folks trying to get unions now a big reason why not just corporate greed there's plenty of corporate greed but it's also because the the actual production of video games has been absurdly lowballed to a point where if people knew what it really like it's not a secret anymore that sony microsoft um and well that's on nintendo basically sony and microsoft yeah uh they make a a big loss on every playstation console and xbox console that's sold they they take a loss it's just not like you think they're expensive as fuck but like they would need to be maybe a third more expensive per unit for it to break break even even, okay they they take the loss people won't pay that price exactly people won't pay it and they know that their way of making the money back is through you know selling things directly to people you know because they have all these deals with the distributors and blah 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 so they have a they have they've they've got their vig they kind of know how that business work it's cool on the game side it's very much like the animation side there are so few um games that even make their own budget back Mm -hmm. but these companies make lots of money but the cost to make them can't be passed on to consumers because consumers would not pay if if uh you take like a small size development company um and by the way japan gets around the and the the losses in anime through production committees for better or worse there's there's big problems with like the way production committees can work but Mm -hmm. one of the things they do is that they diffuse the potential losses on a television show by basically taking all of the uh, the the expected revenue and spreading it out, uh, revenue and cost and spreading it out over like lots of partners. So like, if the I don't know what show let's use Chainsaw Man as an example, even though I think it's probably doing fine. Yeah. If if Chainsaw Man isn't a hit, if it costs thirty million dollars, which is, I mean that's crazy. Maybe if it costs like fifteen million dollars to make Chainsaw Man. No one studio is gonna lose fifteen million dollars. No one, out. no one business partner that you know it would be like a milk company and like Sony Avex or Avex doesn't exist, but like Sony and yeah, like all these other yeah, things. Yeah. Like they're all spreading the costs out 
so that if they have, there's an opportunity to like as you point out with like monetization on things like mobile games or whatever they all have the right to both exploit that and as well as benefit from the the money that comes back in so the risk is like taking down a bunch of pegs in our in like video games that shit hey how that shit works at all all or nothing it's all or nothing the publisher is the one that is probably giving you the most most of the bread to like make a game but for the most part like you see where funding comes from it's crowdsourcing it's all this other like rinky dink you know nickel and dime shit all the big studios are owned by platforms at this point or they're like ea they're like a a fucking octopus like like a a tentacles that go everywhere your ubisoft most of those games that get made they are they operate at a huge loss when they make them they might cost you 50 million 100 million 150 million to make them 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 shit should cost like 200 million 300 million dollars to make but they lowball everybody they lowball the artists they lowball the programmers they lowball the QA people they make them work quadruple overtime and don't pay them like and all of that is to say if they did pay them you know what your video game would cost at retail like 200 bucks no it would be like it would be like 150 200 dollars and by the way games used to cost that much that's what people fucking forget i'm old I remember going to EB Games, or even before that, like uh, like yeah, uh, Funko Land. There, there were new out the box, hundred and twenty dollar games in the nineties. That shit's almost two hundred dollars in today's money. New. <laughs> the the reason they brought the price down was number one to you know capture more people, yeah. but two. Once a big company says we're only going to charge you this much for our games, pretty much everybody's got to move. And now there's a perception in people's heads that like if a game costs less than whatever the premium price bar is, it's somehow a less quality. Mm. So if they sell you if they sell you a game for thirty five dollars and the new price is seventy, most people are going to call that a budget game. And if you get the label of a budget game, in practice, you're not selling grand theft auto numbers because people just think that your game is low quality yeah so it works on both ways that pushes the 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 floor up on one end but the but the ceiling is not brought so low that the way they have to make money are all these fucking schemes it's all this like because if you think about it a battle pass is just an extra tax on top of what you already paid for the game to get all the content and all that content's already made if there's a day one battle pass the company already paid to make that yeah that was part of the 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 following battle passes are already in development like yeah that's right so so you so if you go you buy your game and then you pay additional is it twenty dollars now for a battle pass ten dollars i don't know what it is yeah usually ten bucks yeah yeah, yeah. sure so now you've you paid ten dollars guess what the game costs eighty dollars that's what the game costs is eighty bucks but you bought it for seventy, and then they sold you, they sold you extra content for ten. But the extra content they already made, so that's part of the, on their end of the ledger. That's already money spent. So they're just getting getting that back by pretending like the sticker price is lower than it really is. And that's the thing. All these the the, the pre order bundles, all of this stuff is just a way of disguising the fact that like the game should cost more. They just don't. They just know that they can't get everybody to pay the actual cost of the game so they give yeah. you these yeah so they don't do that in anime that there's different business model but like the way they got around it was like the production committees and all this other stuff and you know anime that flops you just never see it again that's it where's rave master <laughs> where is that i mean wait didn't rave master finish 
No, no, I'm saying like today in like 2022. Oh, okay. okay. You know, like that that IP's gone. You know, nobody cares no, about that he shit. Don't, he don't care about that. He got bigger titty girls anyway. He I don't mean, care he's about He's been them making no the same more. characters. It's the for same like 20 anime years. forever. He does not. As long as he got titty bitties, it's gonna be okay. Okay. Lucy and a cat Lucy and, and every and, and, and yeah, Lucy and, and Pooh in every iteration. He's good to go. What Same character archetypes. What a genius. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I gotta give it to him. <laughs> I gotta give it to him. No, I, I, I'm not even mad about that. I think that's good. Like, Hiro Mashima stays in his lane. He knows, like, I can only really tell, like, one or two stories. I've got, like, the same character archetypes I want to play with. Like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just keep doing that. And guess what? I know what? my formula. Right, know you know my formula. formula. He'll get mad volumes out on these stories. I'm trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is even happening? Like, how? How how are some of these series so fucking long? Well, but <laughs> I wish Spider would come back, but I don't think that anime did that well. No. But the light novel Well, it was it, it had a vibe. Hotcakes. It had a vibe. If the light novel's selling good, you'll get more anime. That is true. Yeah. It's it's selling really well. I think that what is it? That slime and um f- that slime and Mushoku Tensei are like selling really well right now. Yeah, Mushoku Tensei is like the perfect example of what I'm talking about is that you the light novel, I don't know what its level of quality was, but clearly it was very good mm-hmm. <laughs> and people really loved it, have loved it for a long time. They made, eventually, they made an anime that was a gift to people who loved the light novel made by people who loved the light novel. And the studio and beho- specifically for that. Yeah. Yep. And lo and behold, it was successful and catapulted the you know the the stature of that series yep up a leather notch it made it internationally viable right so now you can go back to that and mine all the money you want but the main thing is that if i'm a reader or i'm a watcher i'm pretty confident that what i'm gonna get from those products is gonna be quality and guess what they'll get my money yeah right they'll get my money so but america doesn't well america but the western world they don't they're not interested in doing they're it. Not, not really, but there you can see where it does work. Because I would say, like, you know, the Dragon Age thing you were talking about. That's an example of, clearly there's a labor of love there, right? Some Someone put their foot but in that due shit. to specific overlords. Exactly. The, the reason why it exists is because a bunch of bullshit happened to get us here. But, like, that, or, like, Castlevania, or, like, I even look at stuff like The Boys, right? Like, that's a corporate-driven... Um, you know, investment in an IP that's very small, but the people that got to make it gave a fuck. They just they just gave a fuck. I want to do a good job here, right? Like, yeah. and then and and then they gave the world something that people, yep, that people really liked, and now all of a sudden it's a big old franchise and everybody's happy. Who's upset except for like maybe like racists? But like besides them, <laughs> you know, I haven't like watched homo- this. I don't homophobes and racists. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I heard they're about the mad. part because I think in the next season he's supposed to be somebody's supposed to be revealed as yeah. Well, whatever. Oh well, it is what it is. yeah. Wait, so yeah, how did we even get over there? Oh yeah, I don't Dragon know. We, we were just talking about Dragon Age money, and uh, yeah. So Dreadwolf, I doubt we'll see it in twenty twenty three. Um. And, I haven't heard shit, so no, we not. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Ironically, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about World of Warcraft, but still don't trust them. So, you know, 
It'd be, it'd be what it'd be. I can watch the story scenes on YouTube. They got a whole ass movie out of that franchise that went into actual theaters in the last like six years. That's like four or five. Monster years. Hunter got a movie. Ain't that fucking crazy? But one, of, but they were both shameless cash-ins, but they spent a lot of money they on that World of, of Warcraft movie. They did, but I it don't sucked. Even it's horrible. It's horrible. I don't even remember it. It's like it's like it's like ninety percent CGI, but it's like expensive CGI. But what it, was it, even the core? Is, I don't even. I don't they even were know. telling like the Arthas story. Ew! Nobody cares about Ar- Okay, well, I guess maybe that. I mean, what was the what was uh, the most popular, well-received uh, WoW expansion of all Rath time? Lich King. There you yeah. go. So there's your answer. Yeah. I mean, but everyone loves elves. Why did they just fucking do the elves and like the <laughs> okay? Whatever. You that's, answered that's your that's own. You answered your own question. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Okay, I guess if they like it, then uh, the others will tolerate it. I, mm, ugh, ugh. Mm. Yeah, but those movies. I mean, Monster Hunter. I actually have a friend who's like been trying to get into Monster Hunter, and he he just he can't do it. He's like he's well. It's not that he can't do it. I just told him I was like, you need to play with me or someone else. Or just play with somebody. Playing with somebody and does make it a lot better. Playing with somebody makes it a lot better. But then I was like, you need to go to YouTube. Because he's trying to learn the weapons, like, by himself in the stuff. And I was just like, nah. you, can't, you can't do that. You can't do I that. I mean, you can if you really are, like, into the game. But, but no. no. you need If you want to learn how to use your weapon in a way where you will see, oh, this is the flow of the game. Like, oh, I can do that? Like, wait, what? Like, are you kidding me? There's, um, how do I translate this? But there's like a certain moment in when Mm -hmm. you play a Monster Hunter game, when, when like you finally get that good hit in. The flow, when you find a flow with that weapon, it's, oh, it's over because then you, you mop that monster and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do that to this bitch. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give credit. I'm gonna get good enough. Or, oh, I got to get this weapon because it's going to help me do this. And then that. And then once you feel like you've mastered that one weapon, you have 13 other weapons that play completely differently. And yeah, just it I, I can see how for some people it's definitely like a very high like hurdle getting into it. But they made a whole fucking movie off of that and I ain't hear shit else. Because <laughs> it was Nothing. a it was a cheap cash in and the only reason to go see that movie is because Tony Ja is in it. And yeah, I you know I rock for Tony Job, but I ain't seeing another Mila Jovovich cash in. You know, Ugh, I'm yeah. not doing that to myself. Like that man yeah. deserved better. That franchise deserved better. It did. It did. You could tell. You could tell when they're trying to save money when they film the whole. With like, it takes place in a desert. It's like you mean it takes place in a place you could film for free. Oh well. Yep. <laughs> nah, bro. Well, nah, nah. I mean, nah. now that was accurate for one for like a one climb. Yep, but, but it takes place in yeah, a, when you do that. Most, it's so that you, because because what what the, I mean, I didn't see the whole film, but like what what was in the trailer? It's like a bunch of military looking Humvees in a desert. Guess what? You don't. You barely need a film permit for that. Go out somewhere and. In, in, you could film in Arizona. Fuck, you could film that in like uh, Argentina, you know, for like mm. nothing. Okay, go out there. You know, you can blow some things up. You get a few props. Most of it, the rest of it's like CGI, and then and then film the the interstitial stuff on a soundstage in LA. Like, bruh. 
That they they weren't trying to do nothing with that. Let's be let's keep it a buck. Cash ins. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Was there any news? Oh my goodness. Whatever. Was there any news that you had this week? Only thing I care about Hell's Paradise getting a date finally. Mm. But mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's there's nothing that's uh. I mean, it's a it's a dead zone for news. It's not like preview related anyway, because we're about to hit yeah. the Christmas break, and people don't want people don't want like they're not gonna they're not gonna announce anything important during that period of time. Uh, you know, where no one's focused on fucking anime and shit. They're focused on family and food and all that other stuff. So, yeah. nothing really for me. Not for me anyway. Maybe there's some shit for other people, but I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I saw like the new Moroni Kenshin um like pv and things like that which i i will be watching because i think the american one only went up to like a certain arc like it, there was there's like an arc that has to deal with christianity right so, yeah so like some knights show up i don't even Wait, know if oh, it ever what, got what is this akira toriyama sandland manga gets screen adaptation I, like I've, I've heard of that i don't know nothing about it Oh boy, watch it have better production values than Super. Mm. I mean, a lot of things could have better production yeah. values than, than True. Super. I mean, when it comes to Kenshin, it's like there was there there were things that were not animated, from my understanding, from the manga, because um, it kind of it it kind of got like a thousand year blood war arc situation. Like the the very last full arc was the son of one of the guys he killed in the or fought and died later in like the earlier in the season. Yeah. It's like I don't remember the I don't I don't remember the details. I'll be I'll be blunt. Like my brain was filled up with bleach. You know, Yay. not 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 Kenshin lore. But uh I mean I'm I'm generally a fan of the series. I think that um what I would love to see, which they're not going to do, but let's let's if you're gonna do a, a Kenshin again, I don't give a fuck about the later stuff. Who cares? Go continue samurai x which was the ova the that that i was like a fan of kenshin but samurai x that ova that was life-altering because it was beautiful it was like i didn't even realize they were the same story like it's the the prequel uh, for those not familiar the rooney kenshin had a prequel manga that, that got adapted by was it madhouse did they do that? Uh, Wasn't that? I don't know. It was a. It was a. It was a, a known studio, but like they, that the, it, it's in a totally different style um, from the original. Um, it is bleak and bloody and very grounded. There's not. There's no like you know. Uh, I mean, Kenshin was. They, you know, they tried to stick with what you could do, sh- shonen wise. Like he wasn't casting magic spells, but no. in in Samurai X, it was all about close quarters violence with swords and people getting cut up, sliced up, murdered in back alleys. Like that, that blood was everywhere. Like shit was fucking crazy. Um, and it, when it came out on DVD, like that's the shit where you're like, bro, you've heard of Kenshin, but have, do you know about that Samurai X though? Do you know about that shit? And then that's how you put your man on, like, yo, this, this, you think it's this ain't some kid stuff, right? This is what Kenshin was like before he turned that blade the other way. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yo, Batosai. so yo, the Hitokiri Batosai was out. 
And uh, I would love to see the series revisited in the same way. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go that far and produce more anime, like I want to see more of that. But I'm an adult, so that's what I want. But maybe there are there's an audience for the stuff that was not animated. Um, I mean, there yeah. not that maybe there is an audience for the stuff that wasn't animated, and it was proven because the Kenshin movies did money in Japan. So that that's how you knew no matter what happened to the author and what he was up to, that that series was just on its way back into the mainstream. Because how many movies did they make? Was it like two or three? I don't remember. But For, the, did... for the American one? The live action that was oh, in Japan. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. I don't think those movies were, were any good at all. But, but they kept making them. The, the promos yes, look good. They made the a lot of good. fucking money. And yeah. so once something makes a bunch of fucking money, that's how you know that like uh it's coming back (laughs) (laughs) if you know what i mean like that shit was coming back um and i want to mend something it was studio dean that uh that did uh the kenshin ovas which i think they were oh okay but they but like you gotta understand studio dean from like pre-2000 and studio dean from like 2000 going forward are like very 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 different studios <laughs> they are very different because like one is a studio that gave you like ronma one half and you're under arrest and like even like gravitation which i guess is for the gays it's not one for me but, oh but you my know God. it wasn't for me gravitation yep yep even <sighs> even like the original fruits basket but then they also gave you a lot of paint by numbers series in the post 2000s era that um you know didn't don't quite hold up as well even though the memories just came flooding holy shit gravitation had to do had to sneak my ass off on (laughs) kazaa i had to i had to to put in some like listing at the staircase like oh shit mm, like "Ah, i gotta cancel the download i gotta cancel it i gotta cancel it so the thing what was the one that we've talked about this but how like i didn't realize that get backers well i, I you do after BL a while or BL yeah, yeah yeah but but the way i found out was actually that it ties back to gravitation because someone oh man it was like way in, in like the bbs days where like the message board system and people were like oh what are your like favorite um like bl or i think at that time they didn't even they didn't have that euphemism. They were just no. talking about like what are the what are the the gay series? And then the, it was like it's like gravitation, da da da, and then uh, 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 get backers. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't as um, pronounced. No, no as pronounced the manga, the manga especially. Like you'd have to be a manga reader, and you have to be a manga reader for like I I want to say it was like the beginning really oh. leaned into it but then the the magaka kind of I, I don't remember it's either one way or the other it's either in the beginning it was like straight up shonen and it became that way or or it was the other way around but bottom line is that i was like oh well now now i guess some of these designs make sense like okay that's fine yeah i really wish that one had that animated finished because there was some cool ass ideas man a lot of cool shit a lot of cyberpunk stuff that I didn't realize that was like oh the, because that's kind of the 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 hidden subplot is that it may be a simulation of some kind. But anyway, yeah. So yep, 
That's it for um, me. Yeah, I have a recommendation. Um, we might have the same one. I don't know. Let's see. What are you gonna re- recommend? What? What? What is yours? A game? Yes. Oh, mine is Chained Echoes. That was gonna be mine as well. Oh shit! Well then, we have the same one. I am obsessed with this game. I'm so obsessed with this game that I bought it twice. I bought it on Steam. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And then I had this trip coming up. And I was like, I can't play it. I don't have a Steam Deck. I can't play it. So I bought it on the fucking Switch. And I started all the way to fuck over. And I'm like working my way to where I'm at now. This is so good. So good. So good. From the crafting to the fighting. um, Story isn't the most like revolutionary thing. But it's intriguing enough. I it's It's so good. $25. $20 on Steam, actually, if you get the release date thing. But you guys, like, when they talk about, like, you know, this being, like, a really good, like, throwback classic RPG, it it really is like that. The fact that I talk to every single NPC, every single NPC, from the beginning of the game, as you go through the whole town stuff like that, and you, you talk to people and you find out things about the town and then you go and you investigate and there's actually something there or it comes back up later on or it's something going on in another town and you come back to this and then like a little side quest starts. It's all over the place. From that to the class emblems and even just to the character design, like Sienna is my bitch. Like a crit katana wielding bleed, like a like dot drop, like just... Amazing, amazing, and I'm not. I think I'm only halfway through the game. I'm oh, you're halfway, halfway through. through. I'm not. I'm not even halfway through, but I'm definitely enjoying. Well, there's one about thing it. I will say is that they the systems keep getting added, but they're not added like excessively. When you get to a point in the story where it makes sense, it makes sense. Like the systems get added and things mm. open up more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The skill system is also I like the skill system with the grimoire shards as opposed to having like traditional leveling. It it it's good. It's it's really good. Like I literally may and I have a little notebook of whenever I get new equipment and shit like that, I go to the blacksmith and I write down notes of what I need to go out and steal and from what monsters. And wherever, because several times I've ran into roadblocks where I'm like, I'm getting washed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have enough defense. I have the attack power, but I'm not staying alive long enough to kill the fucking monster. And they don't do um, health bars on the fucking bosses. So you're just going to have to fucking stick it out. You don't know when you're winning. You're going to have to make it work. You're going to have to learn the patterns. You're going to make It's just, it's so enjoyable. It's so addictive. It's so addictive. The fact that I'm already playing through the game all over again, and I'm not at the, like, I'm not bored. I'm not bored at all. And in fact, I'm rereading everything, looking for hints oh, as really? to what has already happened in the plot. And I'm like, oh, you did say that. You did say that in the prologue, bitch. Caught it. Or, oh, why did you look at that person on the, like, in this one scene? Nothing is voice acted. Nothing. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far you are, but I fucking great. I'm pretty early in the game. I think I've only gotten the first two class skill statues. And mm-hmm. so I haven't really even progressed to... Oh, um, you haven't yeah. made it through the mountains and shit yet. Not oh, even. yeah, you got a I, lot. I'm yeah. at that part, you know, 
uh, I got basically uh, item checked in that first dungeon, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I actually don't have like the the SP um, replenishment to like go through some of these fights that I'm also not properly geared for. Yeah. So I had to, so I went back out and was doing all like the side stuff to you know upgrade everybody yeah, so did you fight and... the carrot did you fight the carrot i haven't found the carrot i haven't done any of that stuff. i know it's there i don't know where the carrots are i'll find them though oh okay the carrot and the Ooh. goblin stuff i haven't done it yet but i just went back and like was i found a nice fight to grind for sp so everybody has like heal all and all that stuff and you know oh you're grinding spc i didn't even think well, because I was like, yo, I need I need uh, some flexibility. But the point is, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the game, enjoy the systems. I like that the, the writing is subtle in some ways and also mm-hmm. like adult in ways that are necessary to carry oh, like a, a story of the seriousness that they're trying to do. It's also pretty funny. I like the multiple perspectives. Yes. I think that the they communicate when I talk about good writing, you know, without voice acting, you, you are unable to communicate certain subtlety without being a deft writer to understand mm-hmm. that like different characters feel and sound differently based on how they speak whereas like i've noticed in this era of like you know um voice acting and da, 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 that kind of you can run into a game where everyone kind of speaks in the same voice yeah because they can get away with vocal performances to, and things to like do that. all the extra yeah. subtle stuff um but if you just go by like the written word on the page there's a feeling of sameness because it's all coming from the same hand. So I really loved how much character is packed into this more old school style of game presentation that I think mm-hmm. is a lot it's a it's a lost art. Music is fantastic, sound effects oh. are awesome, animations are really cool and especially the way that they um, are able to convey a lot with a slightly more uh, simplified art style. Not yeah. just I'm not talking about just 2D versus 3D or like hand, you know uh, uh, gorgeous uh, well gorgeous and also s- dynamic at the same yeah, time like 16 bit inspired versus like painterly I'm saying that yeah. specifically the way in which there's so much attention to detail and small animations all over the place really draws you in in ways that like a better looking higher fidelity 3D game would miss. Because it has to all be done by hand. Yeah. Um, and then besides that, I think that the battle and combat systems are... Right now, I'm looking to see where the flexibility is going. But I can already feel what is possible. So I really yeah. have a fun time teasing out the... Not just min-maxing, but like what interesting things can you do with that system. So yeah, I really enjoy it. I make the same recommendation you do. And I would say that I'm playing it on um, Xbox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it did come out on PC also. Yeah, it's on, yeah. it's on Game Pass. So if you're paying for Game Pass, you've got the game already. Oh, oh, that's what Jamin was saying. Because I was recommending it to some other people. And they were like, yeah, it's on Game Pass. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but you need to play it. So, oh, okay. So is that like PlayStation Plus? Like the free games? Yeah, but game. I don't. I don't know what the library of Game Pass is like. These, or rather, PS Plus. I I rarely ever. Well, I think play with PlayStation Plus. You have to download the game. Um, oh for that yeah. Month. Does yeah. Game Pass just add things indefinitely? Pretty much. I mean, like you know, Microsoft 
the okay another dirty secret the reason why game pass is so sick is because microsoft already pays for azure which is like the back-end platform for all this like cloud stuff so they can put any number of games onto it and it's not like they pay anything for it whereas like other companies that want to do something similar have to rent those servers kind of like how like amazon gets away with like twitch being a thing because of twitch had it was a company and had to pay for all that aws server bandwidth for all that video it would very quickly go out of business because it's like you can't turn a profit on that no. so game pass so game pass is pretty like liberal about everything i've never seen anything getting taken off of game pass with like the exception of maybe like one or two partner deals ending and not getting re you know whatever but they also have like the entire what well, not the entire they have the opportunity to put the whole 360 library on there and there's a lot of games from that era that pretty much now only exist on game pass with a few exceptions whoa okay yeah so it's wow. a good deal i think it's the best deal in gaming i my, my homie actually asked me uh, a couple weeks ago he had some money and he was like i want to buy you know either uh, xbox or playstation you know the latest one and i said you know if you're into like exclusives then Sony definitely has the better first-party studios and the better stuff that's out right now. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the best value in gaming is actually on the Xbox and it's Game Pass because I got bored a few weeks ago and I'm like, I don't want to play Apex because this fucking new map is ass unless oh. you're three-stacking with a bunch of like sweaty sweaty nerds. Um, <laughs> and since I don't do that, it's not fun for me. I need new games. And I looked around and I was going to like, you know, buy stuff on my Steam list. But I was like, you know, let me hook up Game Pass and let me tell you that um, uh, uh, Chain, of e- Chain of Echoes? Chain Echoes. Uh, Chain Echoes is on there. Eludin Chronicles, which is that crowdfunded game that initially oh. was supposed to be like a, a, a successor spiritually to Suikoden, but instead kind of went like the castlevania route a little bit like Mm -hmm. like that's on there there's a ton of like underrated smaller games as well as like first party stuff like gears and other things like halo infinite because i love halo like it's all there i don't mean this to be an ad for xbox but those are just the two things i balance was like yeah if i had to choose one and i'm like get trying to get the best bang for my buck xbox is where it's at for game pass but PlayStation probably has a better exclusive, so. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that makes sense. And also, I mean, the PlayStation exclusives are still pretty exclusive because who the fuck has a PS5? Like, right. I still can't find one. Listen, I'll be what? the first to tell you. Bro, it's been a nightmare. What do you mean you haven't found one? This has been a nightmare. Wow. Yeah, I, I'll get into it later, but like, I still don't have one. Let's put it I that mean, way. Final Fantasy 16 sales are not going to be looking that great. If nah, niggas bro. can't play it. Like I, I'm I, sorry if I can't. I did just buy a new laptop though, so like I can't, I can't be saying shit. But oh, okay, well, okay, yeah. But still, I mean, unless they do, they're not gonna do a simultaneous release on Steam. They're gonna wait no. a year or so, probably. But always wait, which <sighs> makes no sense. PC should be the primary platform, but we can talk about that at another time. Yes. Um. So that is all for this week. If you haven't already, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube. Let us know what you think of the video and just everything else in general. Um. A lot of videos dropped. Y'all got a lot to get through. So when you get through here, you'll have even more. Um. And then we also have our best of episode coming up soon with another special guest. And uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on Anime Underscore Savants on Twitter. 
and then just regular anime savants on YouTube if you are watching on YouTube, your platform of choice, and you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and shout out to the TikTok people who are here now because that's crazy. I figured that shit out, and y'all are watching, so that's welcome. crazy. Welcome. Yeah, man. More clips coming. That's what's up. Um, you can hit me up anytime at Neural Handshake on Twitter. Big, 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 big shout outs to um, those who are engaging on platforms that do allow for commenting. Um, we're always looking for feedback. Anything you want to see, hear us talk about, um, just let us know. You know there's only yeah. so much time in a week, but there's plenty of anime that we could be looking at, including a lot of stuff that we're not. Um, between the two of us, and, and also, so much oh it's God. too much. Oh yeah, but God. listen, we've we've been on this road before. Uh, Some things just gotta get the hard cut. That's just yeah. the way life works. This yeah. is not this is not explicitly a react, uh, you know, show. No, it's just the stuff that we like to talk about, the stuff that we like to watch. So I'm open always to like picking up some new stuff. Like I said the other week, I I uh, watched some episodes of Love Flops just because, and it was not. It was an interesting experience. Again, you know, we we don't have to love everything. Sometimes it's worthwhile to look at something and just understand it for what it is. But I tell you right now, I'm not watching no fucking Peter Grill. Get the fuck out of here with that. Ain't no way. Wait, uh, don't tell me someone recommended you go watch that. Well, there was a comment of that I got that oh on, on Twitter that God. was about like if 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 I would watch Love Flops and why do I hate Peter Grill? I could. I could Isn't Peter Grill like explicitly? Okay. It just sucks. It's not about what the content. I don't care if there's like big old floppy titties and people fucking. That's not my problem. It's just not good. But also, <laughs> like, Love Flops has like the other stuff paradox. Yeah, there's like something visual, interesting happening yeah. there. I'm not saying I'm not. It's still being With animated comedy. by. Yes, and it's still being animated by a porn company. So I'm not like the problem is not the is not the explicit content. I don't give a fuck about that. But I'm also like not ex, not turned on by it either. I just I think it's funny when like trash tries to reach above its status to do something else <laughs> and and when they succeed oh, yeah, yeah, i yeah. want to give props for that because it's sort of like you know um i won't name any names you can go look this up yourself but there are some prominent directors who produce movies for hollywood that are very well known that if you go and you do a little digging you'll find out that they have or had a pseudonym and they produce a lot of weird and wacky shit including tons of porn okay mm-hmm. so like Sometimes people just gotta get a, get in the industry the way they want. So when I see like some shows that are designed to be garbage, but somebody's doing some good work in there, like that's fun for future. me. For the future, yeah, th- keep an shit, eye out. Th- that shit is fucking fun to find out. Like I like I love that and shit. Love Flops is an original too. So yes, it is. It one hundred percent is. So I'm, but I'm not watching Peter Grill. Sorry, I I, <laughs> I I I saw ten minutes of like an episode from the last season that just made my my eyes want to fall out of my head and my brain leak out of my ears. And I'm like, there is no amount of fan service that's going to allow me to persist through an entire episode. No, we will not be doing that. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, all right then. We will see y'all next. We'll see y'all eventually. But yep. yeah, we'll see y'all eventually. Bye. Peace out.